0: Today, we're talking about five easy ways that you can level up your leadership in youth ministry.
1: Welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast, where we bring you weekly tips and tactics to help you fast-track the growth and health of your youth ministry. If this is our first time meeting, my name is Jeff Lascola, and this is... Kristen Lascola. And today we're gonna be talking about... Five Habits to Help You Level Up Your Leadership in Youth Ministry.
0: Yep. And this is great because it's January and we still have time to set good habits in motion.
1: And if you're listening to this or watching it and it's not January, it's still a great time. Yeah,
0: you can start anytime, (laughs) really. It doesn't matter. But this is just five. Uh, there could be more than that. And there could probably be less than that. I don't know. But these are just <laughs> five that are particularly important to me that I feel like have increased the quality of my leadership. And so hopefully some of them resonate with you and you can start to adopt into your own leadership practices. So number one, this has got to be a huge priority is focusing on your personal health. Mm. And that is something that no matter how long I've been in ministry, I see people over time, it doesn't happen overnight, becoming unhealthy is a very slow progression and a very slow spiral downward. And it's so slow that usually nobody can see it until it's already happened. Mm. Because there's so many different categories of health and life that when you start neglecting just little bits from each one, it's not really visible until it's too late, until we've hit something like burnout moral failure or just this stagnation i mm. feel like so remember two things number 1 you're a person before you're a pastor and you need to treat yourself like one treat yourself like a person you are a pastor you have a lot to do a lot on your plate a lot of people counting on you but you've got to treat yourself like a person first or else your ministry you don't have any ministry number 2 you are the most important person in your ministry. And we've said that before. And I think at first that sounds almost anti-biblical, like, no, the last shall be first, you know? But what we mean by that is you are the gatekeeper of the health of your ministry so it it is an extension of your own personal health so if you're not healthy if you're not caring for yourself the ministry will reflect that so that's why if you love your ministry and you're putting your body time Relationships on the sacrificial altar of ministry, you're actually doing the reverse of what you're trying Hmm. to do. Like, oh, like I'm going to put myself last so that the ministry, well, it's like, well, no, because that's not sustainable. So if you care for yourself as a person before a pastor, then you are actually increasing the quality and longevity of your ministry. So, for example, I think in church world and pastor world and ministry world it's very acceptable to neglect your physical health mm. and that doesn't even seem like a spiritual practice it almost just seems like we can live this life of unhealth and excess and it's just pretty accepted um, in some
1: cases it's almost even like applauded in like a humorous way yeah where you kind of joke like, I've been eating top ramen for the last you know seven days straight. It's like, ooh, that's not good. And I'm anemic
0: <laughs> and tired all the time. So I have to admit, like when I started to focus on my personal health in 2020, because we all kind of took this break, like I was already eating pretty clean since 2018. And then in 2020, I made physical movement and exercise and all that more of a priority, I would honestly say my leadership improved because I had more energy. I had more joy. I had more clarity um, and I felt better and I felt like I could do more. So it's not like I, good, now I can fill my plate with more, but it was more like I have a bigger capacity because Mm. I have energy and I feel good and things don't seem as daunting as they once did because I have the physical capacity to do them. And it is a game changer to make sure that your body is healthy. And then obviously your mental health, making sure you're mentally healthy. If that means therapy for you, if that means counseling for you, if that means meditation for you, if that means figuring out like a day of the week where you can just focus on things other than ministry, you will get less work done, but you will be able to do better work Mm. when you actually do it. So think of it like that. You're I think pastors can become workaholics because nobody's watching, you know, and the hours don't really, it's not like you clock in and clock out. So you could be working all the time. So looking at a day where it's like this, I don't care if I get less done. This is the day I focus on my mental health obviously spiritual health we're going to talk more about that in some of the other ones as we keep going but you know your ministry is a direct reflection of your own personal spiritual health you know what a shame to work for the kingdom and not know the king mm. <laughs> you know like what are you even doing then right. like that comes out of the overflow of of what god is doing in your own life so don't neglect him And then your relational health too. Do you have friends and are you seeing them? Do you do things that are social? Do you have people that know the person, not the pastor? I think sometimes when you're in social settings like i know for me i have a group of friends that they're they're totally not ministry people they're all christians and they even go to our church but i've just known them for so long that i feel like when i'm with them i don't have to be a pastor anymore i can take that pastor hat off nobody's looking at me to have some answer to something (laughs) and we can just joke and I can really unload and be totally vulnerable. And it's never, it's never going to come back to bite me, you know, in some way. And so I think having people like that in your life, making sure you're a social creature, be social. um, And they have to be people that you don't have to put on some form of impressive, qualities, mm-hmm. you know, uh, or that you feel like is going to come back to bite you if you really are honest and vulnerable. So looking at all those areas of health and assessing, Hey, this year, how can I start to focus more on those? Because if you, again, if you want to be in ministry for the long haul, then personal health, I would say is number one priority.
1: Yeah. And it's nice that there, I believe there's been a kind of a cultural shift in regards to mental health. I think more people are aware of it and it doesn't have the, you know, the stigma where it's like, oh my gosh, you're in therapy. Like, whoa, you must be like really jacked up yeah. where it's like, it's a healthy thing to have counseling and to have therapy, to have someone that you can go to and kind of almost save you from yourself mm-hmm. in a lot of ways that yeah. can kind of see you from the outside and sure. say, hey, here's where your unhealth is at right now. And here are some of the things that you need to change mm-hmm. to get back on track. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, I think you can be perfectly healthy but need that help if that makes sense it doesn't mean like you're nuts man if you're going to that clearly you're crazy but it's not that way at all No, i don't
0: think anyone thinks that anymore i went to therapy i guess 2015 and it was for like i was having major anxiety and panic attacks and stuff like that and then it kind of ended like Mm. i just didn't struggle anymore and then up I struggled again, so I went back. So these things could be seasonal too. Like you might need, like you might have this red flag of your mental health right now, of like, oh my gosh, I've got to fix this, or your physical health. You know, there could be an area that is in a state of emergency. Mm -hmm. And so you might need to focus more heavily on one rather than the other. Of like, when's the last time I hung out with an actual friend? (laughs) You know, and I know when you're a pastor and parent, especially that is hard. But again, you're a person and you like your pastor title is important, but it's not everything. Yeah. It's not who you are. All right. Number two, learn all the time. This is something that has made me so much made me a made me a better pastor mm so much. So I was like, what (laughs) am I doing? This word, these words aren't making sense. I have become such a better pastor when I am on a personal learning path. And I can't tell you how many times an incredible sermon or message has come out of like something I'm reading or learning and I'm writing stuff down and drawing connections. And oh my gosh, this book and this book together make this idea and this message. And it's just, even if I don't like literally sit down and write a sermon while I'm teaching, the thoughts will fire and they'll come out. And it just increases your breadth and depth of knowledge so that when you speak about spiritual things um, or anything for that matter, I mean, you can pull illustrations from what you learned in a in a class on politics or, you know, something you learned a skill. And it's just amazing when you're constantly learning and taking in new information, how those things can come together and just make your teaching and your leadership so much deeper and more interesting. So right now I'm reading Renovated by Jim Wilder, and it is wild. It is just like, changing the way I see spirituality and uh, maturity and all of that. It's incredible. And so as leaders, just making sure our, Knowledge is never staying stagnant. I think we always have to be learning something new. Um, For me, that usually is taking the form of learning something about spirituality and God, you know, studying the Bible in a new way, listening. I mean, I cannot get enough of Tim Keller, Gospel and Mm. Life. Oh my gosh. If you, like, I love all different pastors for different reasons. Tim Keller, I mean, the, if you guys haven't listened to him Just start listening to some of those sermons and just wow, about his theology. And it will make you a better teacher also because you'll be learning more. So listen to a bunch of different people, read a bunch of different people, even fiction, especially Christian fiction. I used to think you can't learn anything from fiction because it's a story. (laughs) Boy, was I wrong. Uh, Reading Francine Rivers and her historical fiction, I can't get enough. And the way that the characters interact with God because it's written through a Christian lens, you watch the Bible and people come together. You watch God and like, how does it play out in real life? I've learned so much from even Christian fiction. So what are you reading? What are you learning? Stay sharp mentally. So
1: I try to set aside, uh, I think there's actually a book called The Miracle Morning or something. I've never read it. I don't know what it's even about, but I like wow. the title. Thanks for sharing. So what I have what I have forget what I just said for the last 20 seconds. What I do is I what I call my miracle morning is I set aside time. I wake up early every morning. I try and get up at 5 30. usually more ends up being like six, but I try and take some time in that morning to read my Bible, to pray, and then also to kind of like you're saying, learn something new or just sharpen skills. And I, and it's like, that's a dedicated time. It's like, that's the first thing I want to do before the day, you know, hits me and wipes me out or whatever. (laughs) But if I can't get to it, if the kids all of a sudden decide this is an early rise morning, I try and fit it in later in the day and just make it a priority. So I can that seven days a week, I'm going to be doing those things.
0: Mm -hmm. And you know, the power of consistency, like you do that over time, it makes, like, you know, you lift weights one day or you do your I'm no, <laughs> I mean, speaking of generalities, but it's like yeah. then, okay, you don't notice maybe a different that first time, but if you are learning something yeah. new every single day for many days, like all of a sudden you've. Changed your thought patterns. You've changed your habits. You've changed your work life. You've changed your leadership. You've changed your body. Whatever it might be, but the power of consistency over time mm-hmm. is is huge. A little bit of scripture, five minutes a day, and then more and more and more. What that builds, and then the study, and then it just becomes who you are right. so consistency is huge and
1: just like showering brushing your teeth going to the bathroom those things but become like a must you know during your day yeah. it's like well i have to do this not I know. because not because it's like it's on my list and i have to do it but it just but it becomes just, natural yeah. and this then you is feel part of my day. if you yeah. don't
0: like right when i get up i my eyes are still adjusting i put on my workout stuff and i get on the elliptical and Like by four minutes, I feel fantastic and I'm awake. And then I go for how did I get here? What's happening? What day is it? (laughs) I I thought I was sleeping and now I'm working out. But I love starting my day like that because I learned a while ago: don't wait till you have the energy to work out. Work out and it'll give you the energy. Hmm. Um, And that took a while to click for me. But so many podcasts I've listened to, they're like it will actually give you the energy you're seeking. So you just have to start. And that's why like, okay, I'm so tired. I'm waking up. It's like 6am. Oh, there it is. The energy kicked in and matcha. Love it. All right. (laughs) Number four, pray constantly. Um, One of the best quotes I ever heard was prayerlessness may be our greatest sin because of what it says about who we think is in charge. And so if we're doing God's work again, how can we do his work without including him in it? And so getting in this habit, your leadership will be better if you are praying, 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 praying. One of my favorite quotes from the Jim Wilder book renovated that I'm reading right now is learn how to interact with God about everything. And I love it so much. I'm turning it into a poster for my room, uh, my classroom, because I want students to see that all the time, learn how to interact with God about everything. And then right next to it, I'm going to put the verse where Jesus says, are you going to leave too? And Peter says, where else are we going to go? You hold the words of eternal life. And I feel like putting those two things together are just like this light bulb of like, where else are we going to go? I mean, we can read the books, listen to the podcast, but we have to go to the source. We have to go to the Lord and give him, present our ministry to him. You know, I, speaking of reading fiction, I read this book by Francine Rivers. It was called Bridge to Haven. And it was about this. It was probably a, like a spin on the prodigal son, but it was put in like 1950s Hollywood. And this girl goes off to be an actress and lives this like terrible prodigal kind of life. And the people back at home were praying for her, praying for her, praying for her. And one of them gets frustrated and goes, is it even changing anything? And the dad says, we are bringing her every time we pray, we're bringing her to the throne room of God. Hmm. We're presenting her name to Jesus. We're presenting her name to the throne room of God. And that struck me so hard of like, every time you pray for someone or something, it's like you're literally taking it out of like the physical context and putting it in the spiritual context and presenting it to the throne room of God. So when I pray for my leaders, like, you know, and what they're going through or how I can help them. I'm taking their name in that conflict and putting it in heaven. I'm putting it in the throne room. I'm presenting it to the throne room of God himself. Like, and that was through a fiction book, but that was so Mm. like this moment of like, oh my gosh, we have got to be praying for our ministry. We've got to be praying for ourselves, our own leadership. I am not kidding you. After reading that book or reading that part about um, when God said, Solomon, what do you want? I'll give you anything. And he says wisdom. And then like, he got rich also. That's not why I do this. (laughs) Not to get rich, but I thought, oh my gosh, that's what I need. If we're going to be leaders, if we're going to lead God's people well, we need wisdom. So every single day I pray for two things, wisdom from the book, from the story of Solomon and also for common sense. And that also comes from the book of Proverbs. And so it's like, God, I need wisdom and I need common sense because left to my own devices, like I don't want Christian wisdom Mm. leading students. I don't want Christian wisdom doing conflict with parents. I don't want Christian wisdom figuring out what to do next with my youth ministry or even the way I look at my ministry. I need a spiritual wisdom to help me do the spiritual work. So do not neglect the power of prayer in your youth ministry. Like Jim Wilder said, learn how to interact with God about everything that we're doing. You know, when I sit down to write a sermon, pray when I'm writing home or driving home from youth ministry on a Tuesday night, praying for my leaders, thanking God for my leaders. When I know I have to do a conflict with someone that's going to be difficult, pray, 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 and then call them or meet with them or whatever. So do not you know, what does it say? Do not rely on your um, own strength. Mm. Lean not on your own understanding. There it is. Um, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So everything becomes an interaction with God. The way we talk, the way, you know, everything, you cannot be a pastor and not interact with God on all of it. Okay. I know. And sometimes just a side thought, we go to camp, I'm like, how are we all here and nobody's hurt <laughs> and like a tire didn't fall off a car or us getting a car accident every year? I'm like, I start praying months before camp. God go before us, give us safety. God go before us, give us favor. God go before us, prepare the path. God go, because guess what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do my due diligence, but I cannot foresee road conditions on right. the five. I cannot foresee river conditions. I cannot foresee the bears that are in the forest. I cannot, <laughs> and those are all things that have happened. the The wildfires that come, like man, God. God's,
1: God's like, okay, but how about you just do something less dangerous? <laughs> That's another option. Bears.
0: Bears. Do you hear that? Bears. <laughs> All right. Which is true. But anyways. <laughs> um, All right. And number five. And lastly, do something new. I think that is a great uh, level up in leadership is to do something new. Just because you've been doing something the same way over and over and over again doesn't mean it's the best way. It doesn't mean it's the right ways. And that kind of goes along with learning. Mm. What are you learning? And I, I think like... Churches in particular can fall into a pattern of irrelevance and outdatedness faster than other organizations. Um, And I think because there's this, I don't know, there's something about being modern and current that we equate with being sellouts and sinful. But I think in their if you think about it according to someone you're modern and according to Mm. some era in time you're modern so is it just because oh if it's 2020 and i'm stuck in 1990 well it's 2023 and i'm stuck in 1990 that is somehow a safer place well 1990 as compared to 1970 was you know and so it's like that's it's sometimes this weird. And I don't even think we would have put words to that, but something feels safe about being in the traditions of the past mm. when there's nothing spiritual or godly totally. about them, unless they're rooted in scripture. But even then put them in the context of today, mm. you know, like don't look at social media. It's like, Oh no, turn it to the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Most of my TikTok feed is Bible stuff right now incredible. <laughs> I've learned so much. You know, we don't have to be afraid of what's new or just trying something different or making, taking something you already do, but then thinking, how can I make this better? And I think that's the thing as leaders, we need to think about, am I going from good to great in certain areas? Like we should always be, I've said it before, but I love Andy Stanley's thinking on this is, are we going Good, better, best. And he talks about you're always progressing. Like you always need to push in certain areas. How can this be better? How, what new event do I need to do? Or what event needs to be better? Or how can my teaching be better this year? How can my room be better this year? My where my students meet? How can my communication be better this year? How can my website or social media be better this year? So, what is new? What can? How can we keep pushing ourselves? Don't get stuck in the rut of just mediocrity mm. or good enough or whatever. I think because of the work we do, we need to remember, like the church and our students, and ev- they I mean they deserve our absolute best mm. in every area. So, um, looking at what we do and how we can d- continue to do that with excellence. So, is that something new, or is that? something in a new way Mm. but be thinking along those lines of just because we've always done it or done it this way doesn't mean it's the best right you know challenge your thinking on that a little bit
1: We'll try not to make it worse
0: (laughs) well if you make it worse then you can make it better next time
1: Yeah. Set your bars lower so that you can then <laughs> exceed your expectations. Okay. Let's do a question of the day. I just thought of this. Oh, we were talking about, um, morning routines, stuff like that. What do you drink in the morning? What's your go-to Ooh, drink?
0: I love this. Okay. So first I drink, Oh, Oh, I have a lot of drinks and I always joke with Caleb, my guys director, because I bring all my drinks to church and they progress of what I'm drinking. So first thing, 24 ounces of lemon water i just down that <laughs> all right it's very helpful for going to the bathroom if you know what i mean gross all right then i will drink some kind of like black tea i love english breakfast earl gray um dandelion even though that's not like a black tea it's a i herbal apologize
1: tea. <laughs> i made roasted, a huge
0: mistake. roasted dandelion tea okay now we're done with the, that tea. And this is the last one. And then I'm going to move on to my matcha green tea. Um, and so it goes water, black tea, green tea. That's the so, morning progression. <laughs> mine
1: used to be coffee. But ironically, <laughs> I stopped drinking coffee, cold turkey, because it was making me just pee constantly. And now hearing what you do, how are you not in the bathroom all day?
0: Because, okay. Oh, never built, mind. Okay. <laughs>
1: Whatever. (laughs) You build up a tolerance? You do,
0: you do. When I was pregnant, I drank a And the lady, when she did the ultrasound, she goes, do you normally drink a ton of water? I said, I do. She goes, I can tell by the ultrasound of like... Your 10-gallon aquarium bladder? (laughs) Yes. She goes, I can tell you have a capacity to retain a lot of fluids (laughs) without having to go to the bathroom. She goes, and people who all of a sudden are like, I'm going to start drinking a lot of water, but they haven't before, those people pee all the time because their body doesn't have the capacity. So... I pride myself on being able to drink a lot of liquid, <laughs> and I don't have to pee all the Sloshing time. Sloshing
1: <laughs> around all day. I don't have to go yet. I don't have to go yet. Anyways, mine now is just Bengal Spice Tea from Walmart. It's great. It's <laughs> very good. good. Um, let's do a community comment of the day, and also put in the comment section below, what do you drink in the mornings? What's your go-to? this is matcha
0: tea is a slower caffeine release so it keeps your energy up all day rather than a huge spike like coffee
1: and hopefully it does not make you pee all day like it coffee does all right this comes from will jackson he says this is a very valuable resource i appreciate you both and the knowledge you freely share this is a major blessing and a game changer
0: yeah thank thanks, you will. Will. well That's we appreciate awesome.
1: your encouragement Hey, thank you guys so much for watching and listening, and And we will see see you next time. time.